Hello and welcome back to No Books on the Dead Planet, the podcast where we read climate books so you don't have to. Uh, I'm using these mini-sewed opportunities to give you a little look into some of the books that I'm reading in between chatting to guests about the big climate books. And today I wanted to chat to you about a book called Losing Eden by Lucy Jones. Now I read this a while ago actually and I was thinking this is definitely a spring vibes book. It's all about getting back to nature, getting out there and then I thought actually... (laughs) I've been thinking about this all wrong. This is totally a December book because December and January are the months where we go out the least. December and January are the times where we think nature is hibernating, she's not out there, she's not available, and the tendency to sit at home in our sofas, in our big jumpers, and scroll through the mind maze of social media and just surrender ourselves to the fact that sunlight won't be ours it's not for us is that the the kind of temptation to do that is so strong that actually i think december and january is the perfect time to talk about the manifesto behind this wonderful book so i'm going to read you the blurb so you know what we're talking about i'm going to give you the framework and then i'm going to tell you some of the things that i took away from this book now when i talk to other people about this book the one fact that i i just committed it to memory i think it's one of the most abrasive facts i've ever taken away from a climate or nature related book and that it's that in the UK sorry I shouldn't laugh but what else can you do apart from cry anyway three quarters of children aged five to twelve in the UK now spend less time outdoors than prison inmates who by the way require according to the UN guidelines at least one hour of exercise in the open air every day day so we are actually giving less human rights and less psychological resources to children than we are to prison inmates and that is the fact that I often quote to people when I'm talking about this book but on preparing for this episode I read back some of the passages that I'd underlined and scribbled on and I there were just so many (laughs) so we don't have much time I'm just going to give you a few little headlines things you'll take away And maybe it will push you to pull back those curtains, ease open that door. And even if for 10 minutes a day you get out there, I now have some scientific evidence to back up my assertion that you will feel better. So here's the blurb. Here's what we're talking about. Here's what we're playing with when we open this book. Today, many of us live indoor lives, disconnected from the natural world as never before. And yet nature remains deeply ingrained in our language, in our culture and our consciousness. For centuries, we have acted on an intuitive sense that we need communication with the wild to feel well. Now, in the moment of our greatest migration away from the rest of nature, more and more scientific evidence is emerging to confirm its place in the heart of our psychological well-being. So what happens, asks acclaimed journalist Lucy Jones, as we lose our bond with the natural world? Might we also be losing a part of ourselves? Delicately observed and rigorously researched, Losing Eden is an enthralling journey through this new research, exploring how and why connections with the living world can so drastically affect our health. Travelling from forest schools in East London to the Svalbard Global Seed Vault via primeval woodlands, Californian laboratories and ecotherapists' couches... Jones takes us to the cutting edge of human biology, neuroscience and psychology, and discovers new ways of understanding our increasingly dysfunctional relationship with the earth. Urgent and uplifting, Losing Eden is a rallying cry for a wilder way of life, for finding asylum in the soil and joy in the trees that might just help us to save the living planet as well as ourselves. 
Now, I honestly, if I wasn't doing this podcast, may not have picked up this book. I was actually looking at researching a video I want to make on my YouTube channel about houseplants, and I realised that I had this one on my shelf. I think I was sent it by the publisher maybe two or three years ago, and I'd always kind of thought, "Mm, maybe I'll reach for it, but also I kind of thought, oh, I don't want to, I don't know, I just felt like it might be a little bit too airy fairy for me and I think that comes from a place of like not really seeing myself as an outdoorsy person in a lot of ways even though I love camping I spent a lot of time walking as a teenager but I I often sometimes don't really think of myself as an inverted commas nature lover and she actually addresses that in the book in a really really interesting way she talks about how our idea of mother earth is sometimes really helpful but I think we often kind of internalize it in in a weird way and in some ways we are the teenage Uh, the teenager to Mother Earth who's kind of can become quite stroppy and dismissive and kind of thinking that Mother Earth isn't cool anymore. She says Mother Earth is cringe and embarrassment too earnest too much and I definitely felt that in my bones. Uh, Later down the page she says beforehand I might have said that a relationship or connection with the rest of nature isn't for everyone that of course some people just don't like the outdoors but in fact the research shows that background nature is essential across the population for good mental health so this idea of of kind of categorizing ourselves into outdoorsy types and not outdoorsy types uh, not only sounds like a little bit spiritually sad but actually has no scientific basis the science says Otherwise, she brings in a lot of research around uh, how our mental health can be affected by being outdoors. And even, even, it's in the freaking soil. Exposure to soil bacteria, mycobacterium vacay. (laughs) I want to pronounce that word vacay. And I'm going to continue because I think it's funny. But the word is V-A-C-C-A-E. Vache? Fosse. I'm going to call it mycobacterium vacay. I hope that's okay with you, is like a natural antidepressant, activating brain cells that improve our mood, reduce our anxiety and facilitate learning. It's a species of bacteria found in soil. In close-up photographs, colonies look like mouldy, spotty yellow growths, but neuroscientists have been studying the effect of soil on our brains and the hypothesis is that the immune response to MVK stimulates the brain to create more serotonin, the happy chemical that antidepressant pills are designed to boost. Studies show that just two hours in a forest can significantly lower cytokine levels in the blood, soothing inflammation. And there's also a really interesting part about this research done by the Norwegian Institute of Public Health. Um, She says the paper detailed the field of exploration into how nature is linked with health and well-being from reducing stress and mental restoration to fewer sick days and reduced attention deficit. The effects of gardens on health outcomes to responses to window views in the workplace, i.e. fewer sick days, less time tiredness and coughing and we can also know and this one really blew my mind that people who were in scouts or guides in childhood had found that they had better mental health in later life living in polluted areas like cities there's a lot of research that shows that there's a significant association between adolescents living in polluted areas and reports of psychotic experiences this stuff is really serious and while I can have a little like oh wow fun fact the more I read this book the more I realized that actually our fundamental access to the outdoors year round is kind of a human right or at least it should be it's so interesting the way our lives are set up to almost treat being in nature like a treat or a fun weekend activity or something we might do on our days off and not something that's like inherently integrated in the way 
we live. Robert Pyle calls this the extinction of experience. He says, as fewer children connect with nature, it will follow. He argues that if they become parents, their children will in turn have even more, more of a tenuous connection with the natural world. Its premise involves a cycle of disaffection and loss that begins with the extinction of hitherto common species, events and flavours in our own immediate surroundings. This loss leads to the ignorance of variety and nuance, then to alienation, apathy and the absence of caring, ultimately to further extinction. So this lack of access to the outdoors is something that has repercussions that can go on for generations and it's it's kind of it's i want to say that it's something that we just need to change in our daily habits but it's also about access in britain for example half of our ancient woodland has disappeared in the last 80 years during the 20th century 97 i'll say that figure again 97 percent of lowland meadows and 90 percent of coppiced woodland in england and wales has been lost and just over the last 50 years the population of mammals birds and reptiles and fish have fallen by 60 percent worldwide there's lots of different words for this uh, richard Lowe calls it nature deficit disorder they're also linked to psychoteric illnesses there exam for example stuff that's earth related mental health issues like eco-anxiety and global dread species loneliness is one that robin wall kimmerer uses uh, we read her book braiding sweetgrass last season and that book had a huge effect on me when it came to my motivation to find out more about the history of my own lands and what I was missing out on. I do think we're often encouraged to think of going for a walk in a wood or uh, going on a little jog somewhere is um, placebo. The fact that we feel better is just a kind of our idea of how it feels or, you know, the fact that it's just a nice thing that we happen to like to do. But those feelings aren't things that we have projected onto our surroundings or onto our experience. They're actually, they actually have a biological and genetic basis. They're not, they're things that we really are experiencing and they're non-negotiable, it looks like from this book. I wrote something actually at the front of this book after I read it uh, and I said this book was like when someone reminds you to sit up straight or drink water you immediately want to change your habits and I know that when you're on a zoom call or something and somebody references their spine or how they're sitting everybody else immediately kind of rolls their shoulders up a little bit and goes oh no I need to oh I, I forgot to do it oh yes that's the thing I should probably prioritize and Losing Eden was definitely that book for me. I have noticed myself like forcing myself to get out a little bit more, especially as somebody who works from home. And I think our access to nature is something we have to tackle collectively as well as just as an individual. So if you're feeling inspired to change things in your life, I would really recommend kind of setting reminders on your phone or, or calendar blocking moments in your week where you know you can get outside, even if it's just for a little while. And if you're feeling of getting involved in on a more systemic level, uh, and if you're in the UK, you can go to righttorome.org.uk. These, these are really interesting people. They're looking at the right of the English population to be able to roam their own countryside. Because if you didn't know, the majority of the English countryside is actually completely out of bounds. 92% of the countryside and 97% of rivers are completely off limits to the public. So when we ask, oh, why are people going on going on walks anymore? It's because of private land ownership. So I'm sure there are very similar campaigns going on in different countries. And, you know, a lot of countries already do have the right to roam. Norway, Sweden, Estonia, Scotland are all completely bossing it in this field, I am told. But if you pick up this book, I think a really effective thing you can do is just learn a couple of the facts, even from the ones I've just told you, just learn them, say them to people. And I think that often when I've said that 
stat about children not getting outdoors and they were getting outdoors less than prison inmates who of course also deserve more time outdoors uh, that's really resonated with people and it's made them remember that actually the outdoors is ours a little bit we're made to feel like it's other people's that we only have the land that we exist on and even then we're usually renting it but next time you manage to get into a forest or a field i want you to push down that cringe feeling of like oh connecting with nature is a little bit cringy and just look at it and be like that's mine that's ours i belong here this is nobody's and everybody's it doesn't matter what the deeds say Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you go back if this is your first one. We've got a big catalogue of episodes to listen to and you can follow me at Lena Norms on Instagram if you want to suggest books that we should feature on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and if you liked it, tell a friend. Thank you.